things have come and gone. We don't talk about Friendster. We don't talk about MySpace. We talk about TikTok. We talk about Clubhouse. And obviously we talk about behemoth companies like Facebook and Google that allow us the opportunities that we didn't have. And obviously everything has a Pandora's box. Rain Podcast. Welcome to another episode of Unleash Your Supernova. I am your host, Nova Lorraine, and I am here to bring you entrepreneurs from around the globe that are not only acing their game, but inspiring others such as you and I. And today we have Brian Scott Gross, and we are going to be talking all things PR, but especially is PR dead. So I am really, really excited to dive into this conversation. But before we start, I want to just remind you, if you haven't yet gotten a chance to get the Unleash Your Supernova book, my newly released book that teaches you ways on how to increase productivity and creativity. And while doing that, you will be decreasing burnout. And as a creative entrepreneur, I know a lot of times those things go hand in hand. So if you haven't already grabbed the Unleash Your Supernova book, definitely go to your favorite bookstore, Amazon, whatever suits you and pick it up and learn how to survive successfully and happily survive their journey of creative entrepreneurship. So I'm going to share a little bit of insight about Brian Scott Gross. Brian is the president of BSG PR. He has been in PR and media for over 28 years and has worked with companies such as Deaf American Records, Warner Brothers, Electra Entertainment Group, and many more. His background includes all facets of PR and media, and he also was the executive producer for Reality X, the search for Adam and Eve. He's worked with some of the largest businesses and celebrities, as well as music acts all over the world. Welcome, Brian. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I'm excited to have you too. So how's it going? Everything is good. You know, we're coming out of a pandemic and I think if you're listening to this or you're you or myself, that's a big deal. You survived a pandemic and <laughs> those don't happen too often. So we've definitely had life-changing occurrences over the last 16 months. And I think it's important to recognize that. So I certainly do. And I appreciate being busy, having clientele, having worked through the pandemic at the request of my clients because their businesses grew and so on. So I'm good. Life is good. Been able to travel, been able to work, been able to run around. So I'm good. That's such a blessing to hear positive stories like yours and the fact that you're able to still maintain your business, do what you love, but then also help other creatives and creators do what they love in a bigger way. So love that. And as you know, we start off with story time. And for the listeners that are joining us for the first time, we are going to have three segments of the show. The first one opens up with story time. And then the second segment, um, Brian is going to play host for a little bit. And then we're going to wrap it up with questions from our listeners. And so if you're listening and this is your first time to Unleash Your Supernova, the podcast, make sure you check us out and check out pinkkangaroo.com. It is the network home for Unleash Your Supernova. And send us an email, send us those questions that you may have for our upcoming guests. So Brian, it's story time. I would love for you to share a story 
that really still resonates with you, maybe for good or bad, um, something that's changed your life in, in a way or, or someone close to you. And then we'll move into some questions about PR. So I'll go back to when I was 17 years old and I knew I wanted to get an internship at a record label. And it was a Sunday evening. I was going to school. Next day was my senior year. And uh, I had sort of, I had taken out my CD collection and looked on the back for phone numbers and addresses. And most, if you look at label CD, the old CD labels, which you don't look at anymore, uh, they would have the address of the record label, but not the phone number. So you'd have to go to the phone book or call information. And so I remember calling, I remember I had a CD from an artist that was signed to A&M Records. So it's like eight o'clock, 8.30 Sunday night. And I thought, you know, I'm going to leave a voicemail on whatever, you know, on their phone number that I find, be connected to a voicemail, I'll leave a message and hopefully someone will call me back the next day and can talk about getting an internship. So I call this phone number at A&M and after two rings, someone picks it up and says, hello, and <laughs> completely caught me off guard. And I go, well, hi, my name is Brian and I'm calling about obtaining an internship at A&M Records. And the person immediately responds with, what the hell are you doing calling on a Sunday night? What, <laughs> what are you thinking? And I immediately hung up the phone, took a moment and realized that was awesome. Whatever just happened, I want to spend my life in that. And that was my very, very wow. first experience with someone working at a record label. I don't know what department he was in. I don't know who he was. I'll never, ever know. But just the fact of when you're a kid and all of a sudden you're trying to go for something and it completely goes off the rails, there was a bit of a rush from that. I wound up getting an internship a few weeks later at a different record label and the rest was history. But that's how it all started. That is awesome. I love that. And then, well, you could have been like, well, why are you picking up the phone on a Sunday night? right? So, If I was only that quick, I just wasn't. I wish I had some sort of response, but I'll never forget hanging up the phone. And keep in mind, this is 1993. You can imagine what kind of phone I had where it's, you know, right. where it bangs down and you're just sort of <laughs> aloof and in the moment. Yeah, no, I remember. I mean, I have teenagers now and the thought of a phone conversation for them is like, ah, I got to talk on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> so, How about the fact that we don't remember phone numbers anymore? That's crazy, right? Oh your my children, gosh. Your children do not know phone numbers. No, they might know mine and my husband's, but it stops there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, it's, and then maybe, maybe they know it, you know? Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> and Pretty maybe they it. know their own, right? Like, how about that? <laughs> you would hope so. You would hope so. Oh my gosh. No, that's awesome. I love it. And I love the fact that you recognize whatever it was, like you said, whatever it is, whatever that was, I want to be a part of that. Yeah, so, there, there was a rush. Yeah, that was perfect. Like that whole experience was perfect. And, you know, something that I share in the book, Unleash Your Supernova, is that really life is all of this that we're doing is about the journey we're taking, right? Like, yes, we have the carrot, like the carrot was the internship, right? So it gave you enough courage to make that phone call, but even before that, to do the research, to get the number, to make the call. But the carrot was the internship. And then after making that call, it was the experience 
that led you to pursuing this path, this career path. And, and I think a lot of times we forget it's about the people, it's about the memories, it's about the experiences. That's what this life is about. Yes, we have our carrots, but those carrots always change. And so, oh, that was perfect. I love that story. Thanks Thank for you. sharing that. Absolutely. So I'm going to dive into the question of the show, which is, is PR dead? And I'm just going to preface that. I'm going to set the, the stage for this question. We have, of course, I don't know how many social media <laughs> apps, <laughs> platforms right now, but there's new ones popping up each and every day. Clubhouse kicked off a new set of channels that we could use to communicate and network. And we have the OG ones, you know, we have the Facebook, we have the Instagram and et cetera. We have our messaging app. So we have WhatsApp, we have Instagram, all these things. And then of course we have the video channels, which include YouTube and everything in between Roku. I mean, it just goes on and on. And so with all of these new ways that the everyday person can access to tell their story in a variety of ways, I want to know, is PR dead? Well, if PR is dead, I've got problems. So <laughs> my obvious answer is no, but it's changed. And what's changed is the extent of what you just brought up. We have a variety and an only increasing amount of ways to communicate. It's the opposite of dead. It's flourishing. Relate, public relations is the way an entity relates to the public. So if the channels were five, 25 years ago, and they're 50 now, that's the opposite of death. That's floor, That's growth. So you have to find the ways that work for you and your entity and your product and your brand. Those are the challenges of public and media relations is how do I get my message out to the audience that I want to? How do I get it out broadly? How do I get it out more defined? You have all of these opportunities. So while we might look at them and say, oh my gosh, there's more and more and more, you can also look at them and go, there's more and more opportunity. And that would be the way to look into all of these different channels that exist and will continue to exist and grow. And things have come and gone. We don't talk about Friendster. We don't talk about MySpace. We talk about TikTok. We talk about Clubhouse. And obviously we talk about behemoth companies like Facebook and Google that allow us the opportunities that we didn't have. And obviously everything has a Pandora's box, but to focus on the positives and what these have done for us and what they do for our ability to communicate is the purpose of this podcast. So it's far from dead. It is the opposite of dead. It is flourishing. It is growing. And it's a lot for people to handle. I think it's a lot for the human mind as a whole, but you have to handle accordingly and in a business aspect, do what is best for your business, for your product, for your brand, for your people. All right. Well, let's dive into that a little more because I'm seeing it from one perspective. Yes. And I completely, and clearly you're doing well and have, and, and have been succeeding throughout the pandemic. So as you said, PR for you is not dead, but are you seeing more and more clients saying, I'm going to take my PR in my hands because I have Clubhouse, because I have Instagram, et cetera. Or are they saying, Brian, I need help because there's Clubhouse and because there's Instagram. The second, they okay. need help. 
and they need help in the aspect of there's only so much time in the day. Mm-hmm. They have to prioritize what they're going to work on. And then they have to have people involved that can take, you know, the workload off of their shoulders and do their jobs in marketing and publicity and, and the like. So there are aspects that, and it depends on each client. Every person I work with is incredibly different in regards to their own work ethic, how they work, how they accomplish things. So I have to mold into how they handle stuff and how they want me to work with them. So you've got to be very chameleon-esque in that regard in order to do what is best for what for me to do what is best for my clients. That's what's most important. Okay. And that's fair. And I'm going to bring this way back before paid media, digital media, where PR was you're pounding the pavement, you're making phone calls, you're sending packages and messages, samples, whatever you're doing, you know, to the desk of editors journalists to get their attention so they can pick up the phone, call and say, I want to do an interview. And then things started going digital. And then with the new digital platforms, a lot of traditional media went digital, but to survive in the digital space started or introduced paid media. So with that, you have the organic public relations, which is the outreach and the relationships. And then you have the paid media. Going back to the question, is PR dead? How are you seeing clients handle both of those things because as i'm looking at and rain magazine is not a paid media platform but most of my peers are if you have enough money you can get into the book or get the cover or whatever it is and so how do clients you know especially newer clients that may not necessarily have the budget how do they stand out within media now that things have changed and you're sort of juggling the outreach relationships versus the pay to play? Well, my job is to always go for editorial. So I'm constantly every day reaching out to all facets of media, introducing myself, introducing my clients, building relationships, continuing relationships. And there's tens of thousands of people that I reach out to on a daily, if not weekly basis in regards to this. So what my clients do is feed me the information that is newsworthy. I get it out in mass to as many of the media people that would be of interest as possible. And if they have interest in an interview, if they want to do more, uh, certainly there's media that will print press releases and whatnot verbatim. Then you take, if there are trade outlets that run your stories, then you're taking that to social media and you're spreading it all over your social media to introduce that to your audience. And there's always media following different people's, different celebrities' social media. So it's just a constant. There's a need for consistency. There's a need for being constant. There's a need to get the, making sure that you're putting out important information. Those are all aspects that are involved in, in what I do on a daily basis for my clients. So while it's not the old school, which I used to do, the new school is still there are aspects of the old school involved, which is being in contact, reaching out, helping editors, helping writers, helping producers. And in turn, when they're in need of something that you have, they're going to remember who you are. And of course, they're being inundated with hundreds, if not thousands of publicists pitching their their materials and their clientele. So it's incredibly competitive. But you puzzle piece it together. A story here, 
an interview there and you build up and before you know it over a period of time you're gonna have a you know i have plenty of clients that can be a scene in x amount of publications and we'll have those logos of those outlets on their website to show that you know the media has given them respect and and has written about and has discussed who they are so physical product far less of it the commodity is is small but the outreach is the same Mm, okay okay and you mentioned clients giving you stories that are newsworthy so is and we've heard this so many times over and over again good bad pr is good pr do you believe in that when we talk about newsworthy is no it i don't i don't believe or? it. bad pr can be bad mm-hmm. if you got bad pr and your business is sued and you go under that's bad there's no good in that <laughs> so it's bad pr subjective now if if it opens up to discussion and you can handle negative criticism or you can handle negative commentary and it creates a voice that might not appeal to you, but you can handle that, that's different. But no, if you get sued, if someone goes after your business, that, that's not good. So mm-hmm. there are aspects of PR that you want and there are aspects that you don't, but it's an ongoing, it's an endless river and you can't damn it as much as you'd like to, but can you control sort of where the water goes for your sake? In many cases you can, and you certainly try to. Mm. So I, I have a question as it relates to publicist versus manager versus agent. And sometimes those lines are blurred. They can be, but I mean, a publicist and a manager aren't licensed. Agents are licensed. So that's one important thing to remember. But there are jobs publicists do that that can be managerial. Managers can handle public relations and setting up interviews. So there is an agent sometimes get involved in all three aspects. So there's definitely some blurred lines that that do occur. Okay. And so for a newbie starting out, would you recommend, and I guess this would depend if they're a performer, you know, like a musician, because you do, you do a lot in the music space, or an actor, I guess, versus, like, let's say a designer. So a designer versus an actor. I couldn't do it that way, but I'll put it to you this way. Okay. A publicist is the last person you're going to hire. You need mm. a lawyer. You need mm-hmm. an accountant. You may or may not need a manager. You may or may not need an agent, but you need things that get your business, whomever you are, stylist, designer, actor, musician, doesn't matter. You're a content creator. Okay. So as a content creator, it is important on your end to have content it is important to manage the content. It's important to own the content. And then once you're in the place where you're looking to bring visibility to your content, that is when you bring on a publicist. Mm, okay, that was very clear. Perfect, perfect. Well, this is a good time to transition into the next segment where you play host. So I'm gonna pass the mic over to you and then you can ask me whatever questions you want. So tell me, when the pandemic started, what changes did you feel initially and and what did you go through business-wise when the pandemic started back in March of last year? Oh, excellent question. So as a mom, it hit me first with the kids because I had children in college that had gotten notice that they had to leave ASAP. (laughs) 
And that was interesting because, you know, you send your child away to school and you think they're going to be in a safe place. And then they call you saying, oh, we we need to be picked up right away because it may not be safe. So that's where it first hit me. I was following the news weeks prior to the colleges starting to shut down and really seeing, especially because I have international clients and what I do with Rain is global. And so seeing how that was going to start affecting supply chains, ex- affecting different business opportunities that international clients are doing here in the U.S. So sort of keeping an eye on what was happening in China. And then, it, you know, it quickly just expanded. So business wise, I was sort of I was curious and wondering, well, why aren't we here in the U.S. <laughs> reacting more than what we're doing initially? And that was like late February, mid-March, colleges started closing down. So It was a little bit of a shock where I went into mama bear mode and just wanting to make sure that my family was safe and protected because we, as you remember, no one knew what was going on, how long this was going to be, what the impact was going to be. So it's sort of, you just have one ear out listening for the next step of what to do. Meantime, just making sure that we were prepared and had what we needed for necessities. And then really with my background in psychology, I wanted to make sure that from a mental health standpoint, everyone in my environment was okay. And so we focused a lot on spending time together, talking, playing games, watching shows together. And it was really, from that perspective, wonderful because we were getting to know each other all over again, especially my young adult children and spending time with them in this capacity, an extended amount of time with them. And and we all had a lot of time because things were shut down very quickly thereafter. I would say from a business perspective, there were it's March and springtime is here and all of these new opportunities were on the table for me. And then within weeks, they were just boom, 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 dried up, gone. Like, again, everyone was shutting down everything, hunkering down to the bare minimum. And as a consultant, a lot of those opportunities just went away. What that did, though, it was it allowed me to really focus in on podcasting and building Pink Kangaroo because it's a digital platform. And I really wanted to make a difference in helping people through this pandemic. And so I, for my show, turned my attention to conversations around innovative ways to build our mental health, to build our physical health. You know, what can we do as a, to be proactive and to empower my listeners? And it then also inspired me to find other storytellers and other hosts and bring them together in one place that can continually impact individuals in a positive way. So Pink Kangaroo was born out of the pandemic and with a lot of conversation around sustainability, both from a mental health standpoint and environment environmental standpoint, that inspired me to bring the podcasting together with sustainability and launching the Rain School of Fashion, which is a podcast-based educational platform. So that's how I was impacted by the pandemic. Well, that's what's beautiful about it is you had two different types of people. And obviously that's an incredibly broad statement. Never mind the fact that you had loss of life, but taking that out of the equation, business, personal, and, and the life altering aside, you had businesses thrive and you had businesses die and you had people having to adjust accordingly. And that was 
a major challenge. You also had people adjusting a lot of times your business and your personal intermixes. When you work for yourself, it's not nine to five, it's 24 seven. So you might have more time, you know, there was more time because there was simply less to do, but you had to balance that mentally with not overworking and just working yourself into a fury, which I thought was an interesting aspect of every once in a while, just taking a moment, going for a drive, going to do something that you could do and getting out, getting out for a walk, getting out for whatever it is. So you could, so you could breathe some fresh air and feel human. I think that was important. I agree. I mean, I did spend a lot of time outside and I was fortunate enough to take a grad course in mindfulness. And that was so powerful because it taught me so many things that I did not know about mindfulness. And It was so impactful that I included content within my Unleash a Supernova book, which I had to write during the pandemic. I got the book deal after things shut down, which was very surprising and such a blessing. And I had to deliver the book in September when things were still very much just uncertain of what was going to happen and release the book this past March. So it was that time, that extra time that I had was perfect in allowing me the mind space that I needed to produce the Unleash Your Supernova book. But it also allowed me the time to take this course, which I was able to pass that information on to others. And as you said, get outside, take a drive, you know, do things that maybe we were too busy to do. And all those things are mindful activities and allow us to be in a more peaceful state of mind. And It was just, it couldn't have been better timing for that information and knowledge that I received and really excited to continue to share it in different mediums and what I do. That's great. You know, what you did is certainly something that people can pick up from and learn from. And that's really exciting to see, you know, and obviously people, especially in the entrepreneurial space, enjoy the growth and the passion and the learning from others who are within the same space take on challenges and move forward from them and and share their experiences. I think it's incredibly important. Yes, an excellent question. So thank you for that. And I'm going to take back the mic and I'm going to make sure that we have enough time to get to the questions from our listeners. And um, so there are a few, so hopefully we'll be able to get to all of them. So one question is, when do I know when I need a publicist? That goes back to what I said earlier in the aspect of when you, most of my clients over the years have come in a place where they need help. And what I mean by that is they've got a product, they have an entity, they have a show, whatever it is they have, they need help in promoting it and they can't do it by themselves. And they want someone, they want a professional that can be their guide guide them through, give them opportunities, help them out, write their materials, so on and so forth. Everything that goes with public and media relations. So, and obviously you got to have a budget. If you try and get someone for free, you're going to get what you pay for. So hopefully you are in, in a space where you have it budgeted. It's in your marketing budget and public relations and media relations is part of the overall marketing plan of any business or any person. So it's important that to keep that in mind. And when you feel like, okay, I'm ready to go quote unquote public with what it is you want to push out there, that's going to be around the right time or just before 
when you want to bring a publicist. And a publicist will need a few weeks to prep. You're, you're going to strategize. You're going to put a dateline together. You're going to put ideas together. So keep that in mind as well. You don't hire a publicist and say, hey, I, okay, I'm hiring you and we're going to promote this product tomorrow. Not really what you want to do. You want to set up time where you can promote it in a timely manner and accordingly. Okay, great. And we have another question. What is a campaign that you're really proud of? And what is an example of a campaign that bombed? You know, a campaign I'm really proud of was uh, the Sasha Gray Girlfriend Experience film directed by Steven Soderbergh, which we did over a two-year period in 2009 and 2010, where it wasn't... uh, She did every major piece of domestic media possible. We did... We went all over the country some cases were all over she went all over the world and uh, it was an incredible experience to work with first off this director who decided to cast Sasha in his film and make her the prominent character the lead character and then to have a team uh, at Magnolia Pictures that were very aggressive in promoting the film and the marketing and everything around it and then going to Tribeca Film and being a showcase film at Tribeca. I met Steven Soderbergh that night, which was an incredible experience. And so, and, and it was, like I said, a two-year campaign where I still have the majority of the magazines that she was photographed in and did interviews for. And that was pretty incredible. I'm not going to say I, what bomb campaign. I did the math the other day and over 21 years, I've uh, over 20, 21 years, I've had over 300 clients. But I can tell you what doesn't work. And what doesn't work is when someone hires me and then says, okay, what are you going to do for me? And they expect me to do everything and they're just going to become famous. The most famous people in the world have put in work that the public never sees. They do things the public will never know. Their work ethic is profound. And those are the... And thus they have the lives that they have and, and the success that they have. So the bomb campaigns in my career have been when I've been hired to work something that everything was expected that I would just snap my fingers and make it happen. And it didn't. And then it would be deemed unsuccessful. So those have certainly come across my table Uh, and come across my office in my life. And it's always been a disappointment when things don't go well because you don't want failure, but you learn from those and you try not to repeat them. Mm, No, that's that's powerful. Yeah, that's a really good point. I think that a lot of (laughs) that work with talent too and talent myself. So I would say a lot of individuals feel as if the publicist is going to wave their magic wand and it's just going to happen where you need to have, as you mentioned earlier, give you the news so you can share the news. You need to have the content, the news, the product, whatever it is, that's going to allow you to do your job the best. hundred percent. So I think that's a great lead in for our next question. What is it that the publicist needs in order to be successful with their client? You know, the publicist just, it's, it's all about the relationship, I think. And this can be, this cuts across all facets, you know, sports, the relationship between the coach and the player, 
you know, music, the relationship between the artist and the producer. For me, it's the relationship between myself and the client where we're on the same page, where our communication between each other is solid, where we're in constant contact, where we're keeping each other aware and knowledgeable. That's what I need in my position. I need to know that I have a solid relationship with my client and am able to get the message across that they want me to. And at the same time, they're giving me the information that I need to do my job. So I would stress above everything, it's relationships. And that's so important because at the same time, I'm creating, building, creating, and keeping relationships with people in the public, in the media, so on and so forth at different aspects. It's important to me to be able to reach out, to reach out to people. But when someone contacts me and says, hey, do you have a contact at place X that either I have that contact or I can get that contact in a relatively quick manner. So that's my workload. That's where I'm spending a lot of my time is developing those relationships. And at the same time, my clients are in contact with me where we're maintaining and strengthening our relationship. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So much of it, I, you know, I don't typically think about it on the client publicist side, but publicist media side so much of it is about the relationship but you are so right with the client if they're not <laughs> keeping their publicist their their publicity team informed and having those conversations and brainstorming and then again you're not going to get the best product in the end so i thought that that's a really really great point and final question is what is your specialty and how do i find the right publicist I mean, I work with all facets of entertainment. I worked in the music industry. I then went to the largest adult entertainment company in the world in 99, Vivid Entertainment Group. I was at that company for almost two years. Went on my own and over like 21 years I've worked everything from music to film to television. I still work very much with adult production companies. In the most recent, I've gotten involved in the crypto and working with crypto companies. I love working with startups. I love working with young talent, young meaning like people that have a talent, whether they're a model, whether they're in music, whether they're getting started in film and television and helping them blossom, helping them get out there and, and increase their, their range and their brand. I work with events. I'm the publicist for the AVN Expo, which is held in Las Vegas every January. Used to coincide with CES, but now we're a standalone. So I try and help and take on clients that want to work with me. And at the same time, I can hopefully do the job that's expected. But for the most part, it's in my life, it's been in the entertainment industry and I've been incredibly happy and pleased and blessed to be able to do so. Awesome. Yes. Keep the blessings flowing. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. Well, thank you so much, Brian. I'd love to give you the opportunity. Is there anything else you'd like to share? Any other tips you'd like to leave? No, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm at, you know, my Twitter's at BSGPR and my website's BSGPR.com. But, you know, I appreciate you having me on. I appreciate the time and you know, I, I look forward to our paths crossing again soon. Yeah, absolutely. So BSG PR on Twitter and .com. So definitely follow Brian, reach out to him if you have any other questions for him and or if you want to explore 
a new publicist. So again, it was a pleasure. I love what you do. And been in, you know, we've been connected at least via email for a long, long time. So Absolutely. it's been a pleasure to get to know more about what you do and how you do it. And I thank you for being on the show today. Thanks for having me. And I want to thank our listeners for joining us for another episode of Unleash Your Supernova, where we are here to bring you tips and words of wisdom to help bring out your superpowers. So definitely tune in to our next episode. And again, as the author of the new Unleash Your Supernova book, go and get the book, guys. It's on Amazon and all major bookstores. This is Nova Lorraine, your host. It's been a pleasure. And until next time, bye. Bye.